Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories, seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. You can visit rachelcarmen.com to join her online community of moms who are taking the dare to be in the word themselves as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. While you're there, be sure to sign up for updates, and you will also receive a free gift from Rachel when you sign up. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Hey, moms. Today, we are going to talk about one of my most favorite topics, and you're going to know this is true the moment that I mention it to you. And that is Bible study. One of my most favorite things to talk to you about is studying God's Word. And this is my most recent Bible. I've gone through several different ones. This one I got, ooh, in 14. I've already rebound it once, right? And I've got the edges are all worn and the cover is falling apart. I love to be in God's Word. And I love to invite others to get into God's Word. One of the blessings of my life has been... I have had the opportunity and the privilege to be under some amazing Bible teachers, to really sit and soak at the feet of some men and some women who really had a handle on who God was and who had a handle on his word and who have abundantly blessed me with their insights and how to study God's word. And I remember being in a study one time and this man was up here, it was a Sunday school class and he was teaching all of us. And I was like, I want that. I want to understand it like that. I want to be enthusiastic about it like that. I spent a great deal of my younger days. I'm 55 now. I spent a lot of years spending time in God's word, but not because I really wanted to. I didn't have that desire. I felt like I had to, like I was going to be in trouble with the Almighty if I didn't get into his word. And while I can advocate for the discipline of doing that, frankly, my heart was not in the right place. And I do believe that God's faithfulness was true even during that time. I know that even then, even then, God was blessing me just through the discipline of spending time with him in his word. But I am confident now that the real blessing lays when I'm running to his word, when my heart is completely open to what he wants to teach me, when I really am seeking him. There is a trend right now for people, even in churches, to seek themselves in scripture, to go to God's word to justify their wants and their desires and their decisions to be justified instead of going to God's word to seek him and his wisdom. And so that's what I'm going to advocate for. I'm going to advocate that we go to God's word to seek him, to find him, to seek truth, his truth, not to justify our selfish desires and wants but actually to lean into the transformational power available through spending time with God and his word. So I get to travel a lot speaking to conferences. And one of the number one questions I get from moms is, where do I start? You are so enthusiastic about God's word. I want to study God's word like you talk about. 
I have no idea where to start. Or I'm a new Christian. I'm overwhelmed. 66 books. I mean, which one do you begin with? And there's a lot of different answers to that question that are really good questions, really good answers. As a lot of people say, start in the beginning, right? Start in Genesis and just start reading and take your time, right? And take your time applies to any of the methods or any of the starting points that you choose. But starting in Genesis is a valid beginning point. It is in the beginning. So that's a great place to start. Similarly, many people say, a great starting point is John. Interestingly enough, the Gospel of John starts very similarly to Genesis. In the beginning was the Word, right? And starting with the Gospel of John is a great place to begin your biblical studies. But they're not the only two places to start, right? So I'm going to say today another really great place to start or to sit and to soak or to just catch your breath no matter what phase of life you're in is the Psalms. And this last week, I ordered in the mail a brand new study guide about the Psalms, and I just got so excited about it. I wanted to share it with you. I've got a lot here to go through with you. I've got a lot of notes. I've got a lot of references. And so you might want to grab a piece of paper for this. Much of this can be found in a really good study Bible and obviously in the resources I'm going to go over today. But I want to give an overview of the book of Psalms. I want to inspire you to study this book that is not generally neglected. Most people like the Psalms, or at least one or two or three or four of the Psalms. In fact, Psalm 23, a generation or two ago, was pretty universally memorized. Most people knew that, and they knew it in the King James Version, right? But I'm going to advocate for the whole book, all 150. So I want to talk to you about how to tackle it, how to look at it what to look for as you read it, and some resources that you can use. Um, and I'm going to just say, here we are at the beginning of June. This is a great study to do over the summer. And there, again, there's a variety of different ways to do it. We'll get into that in just a minute. But my biggest advocacy, whether I'm talking about starting in the beginning with Genesis or starting in the Gospel of John or starting here in the Psalms, is start somewhere. There is a little card that I think it was one of my artist sons that sent to me. I've got a couple of sons that are incredible artists, and I really want to be. One of them drew this sunflower picture that's always here in the frame for this podcast if you get to watch the video over at the membership site. So I've got a lot of artists in my life, and I'm a wannabe, right? I want to be an artist, and so a couple of my kids have given me, like, drawing journals and like charcoals or pens or colored pencils, right? And I just always freeze when I go to do it, right? And one of them sent me this card and they were just, mom, just start somewhere, right? And so that's an easy thing for me to do when I teach a writing class. I'm a writer. I love to write. I understand the fear of the blank page and I, I talked to my kids when I taught high school and then when I taught my own kids, I used to call it throwing up on the page, just getting it all out, right? And then you sort through it. There is something powerful about just beginning. And I really believe whether it's writing or it's drawing or it's studying God's word, too often we succumb to the fear, the overwhelming fear of where to start, just the overwhelming burden of thinking we've got to do it all We've got to do it all perfectly, and we just need to let those things go. 
the most important thing is that we start, that we don't put it off anymore. And that when we fail and we don't get it done, that we pick it back up and we do it again. Those are such important things to remember when it comes to studying God's word. Who among us has not given up on Bible study because we said on January 1st we were going to read through the Bible this year and we made it till January 2nd, right? And so then, since we didn't do January 1st, we just didn't do anything, right? I want to encourage you today, start somewhere. Start somewhere and continue on. There are going to be days you don't get it done, but keep on keeping on. The next day, do it. And the next day, do it. Find a friend that you can partner with and help encourage each other, right, to keeping on doing it. And that's what I love about Bible study tools or Bible study groups, that accountability, there's something there. If you can have it in your marriage, that's great. If you can have it with your kids, that's awesome. If you can have it with a friend, that's fabulous. But trying to find someone that's going to help you Stay on course and encourage you when you get off course. Without any further ado, let me go over some resources with you that you can look up and find. There are links available in the show notes. All of these are available. First, I'm going to just say you need a Bible. This is my personal Bible, the one that I study out of. You can't see it right now, but right over that direction, I've got a bookshelf of a variety of different translations of the Bible because I really enjoy looking up different passages and different translations. Like I study out of the NASB, but I look it up in the NIV or the ESV or the Living Bible or the Amplified Bible, right? And I've even got a couple in original languages so I can chase some words. Obviously, there are online tools for all of those things. I'm a tactile girl. I like my books. So often when I'm studying, I've got a pile over my desk. I want to encourage you, find a Bible translation that you will study in and use that as your go-to, right? Um, another tool that I love, I'm going to try to do these in a reasonable order. I've talked about this before. These are available. This is the journaling Bible. This is Psalms specifically. And so I love these. I've got the whole set. My husband gave it to me. It was my big dog Christmas gift a couple of years ago. So I've got all the journaling Bible set of books. And what I love about these, I'll just show this to you. It can lay flat, right? But you've got the text on one side of the page and then the other side is completely blank. Now, some of you are gloriously artistically inclined and you are just going to draw something beautiful on this side. Mine are, this one I haven't started yet, um, mine are characteristically all marked up with lines and colored pens and pencils and arrows and brackets and stars, all of that, because I use this to put my study notes on. So this is a great tool for you. Some people are allergic to writing in their Bible, and this is a place that you can do that. I actually do it in both. It's up to you, but what I love about journaling is I can put a date, you know, I was here in 1996. I was here in 2001, right? My Bible has notations throughout the Psalms where I am praying that Psalm for that date, right? And it's so great to go back and see those dates and see God's faithfulness and his provision. So this is a second option or suggestion. Third, this is excellent. This is from walk through the Bible. This is actually, I think it's Thomas Nelson, 
Bruce Wilkinson and Kim Boa talk through the Bible. And so this particular resource is excellent for those of you who are using the Walk Through the Bible curriculum. It's on our resource list for that curriculum. And it is goes through all 66 books of the Bible and just gives you the basic facts, the author, the setting, the date, the outline, all of that. And it is such an excellent resource. And I used this as a primary resource when I was writing the book half of those two curriculums. This is an excellent, it has a chart, like I said, in the outline. I love this resource. And so we're going to come back to that in a minute. I did not bring it up here, but the ESV Study Bible is another excellent resource, and we'll have a link in the show notes for that too. And then here is the newest resource that I just recently found that I just love by Dane Ortland. In the Lord I Take Refuge, 150 Devotionals Through the Psalms. And so it's a beautiful book, which for those of you like me who are book lovers, you're going to love this book. It's just beautiful. And for each psalm... It's a crossway book, by the way, and it has, I'm looking to see, okay, all the passages are from the ESV, so that you would want to know that. So, I'm going to take off the book jacket for just a moment and show you. So, it has the passage right here like this, and then it has like a devotional thought or word on that psalm, and it's, it's like maybe a page. But for each one of them. And so you could mark, you could highlight, you could date, all of those things that I was talking about earlier in the other two resources make a great gift, right? So I, I really do love this and I'm looking forward to working through this. Rachel Carmen has spoken across the country and around the world to moms about their struggles, successes, fears, and faith. They consistently share three things that zap joy and threaten the hope of moms today. They are overwhelmed, exhausted, and lonely. They want support and practical tools. They want to feel connected. What we have done is put together a community of like-minded moms to accomplish just that. Rachel, a homeschooling mom of seven, knows what the pit of despair is. She relates to the feeling of being overwhelmed, lacking in time in the word. And today, she wants to meet you right where you are. The truth is, you were not meant to do this alone. In the community, Real Refreshment, she will help you learn how to get done what needs to get done, how to study God's Word during your season of motherhood, how to make the most of the time given, and how to do it in fellowship with other moms just like you. Moms, we need each other now more than ever. Visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community today. Now, with the Psalms in mind, let me go over a few basic things about the Psalms. You can find this information in a couple of these resources or the ESV Bible. What I've gathered for you as an overview is pretty much a consensus, although not exhaustive. Okay, so let's just go over these and then at the end, I'm going to wrap it all up for us. First of all, I want to mention that there's a basic overview structure for the Psalms that corresponds directly with the Pentateuch or the Torah or the first five books of the law in the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. You can break up the Psalms into five books that correspond with each one of those books of the law. That's incredible. And yes, you can. The books, I'm going to go over this quickly. 1 through 41 is Genesis, about man and creation. 
chapters uh, 42 through 72 correspond with Exodus, deliverance, and redemption. Psalm 73 through 89 correspond with Leviticus, worship, and sanctuary. Psalm 90 through 106 correspond with numbers, the wilderness, and wanderings. And Psalm 107 through 150 correspond with Deuteronomy, scripture and praise. Isn't that glorious? That's remarkable, truly, truly remarkable that you can look at the Psalms in those five sections. The first four end with a doxology, and you can look all of this up and study this further. I'm just trying, like I always do. I just want to whet your appetite. I just want you to want to run and find your Bible and get in there and dig out these glorious truths. And so that's what I'm aiming to do today. So that's your overview and so here, I've got my outline here, so I'm trying to follow it. There are over eight authors of the book of Psalms. It's not authored by one person. Many people think Psalms was written by David. Well, over half or right about half were written by David. 73 are attributed to David. But there are seven other plus authors for the book of the Psalms. You may not even know this. One was written by Solomon. One was written by Moses right? And, and there are other authors, and you can go in and dig out who those are, but this book was not written by one person. This is a, a, a compilation, a collection of these psalms that were written. Now, lots of different types of psalms. Remember that we find psalms in that section of the Old Testament that we refer to as the five books of poetry. So we have Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. Those are our five books of poetry in the Old Testament. And one of the interesting things about the book of Psalms is if you open up, if you have a Bible, Old and New Testament together, and you open it up into the center, what is in the center of your Bible? The Psalms. So it's, it's this glorious book that really, in a lot of different ways, just brings it all together, right? And again, See this, hear this, know this. The Bible, 66 books, 39 and 27, all together, right? 66 books, one cohesive story. God's love, God's love for us. Even though we sin, he provided a way of salvation through the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. This is the story that we get even in Psalms, even in the old Testament, it echoes both directions, right? So it's it's really remarkable. So there's a variety of different types of psalms, okay? So there are psalms of lament, psalms of just sadness. I mean, everything is gone. You've, I mean, this the person writing the psalm is like, what is going on? Why is this going on? I'm so exhausted, right? You feel that? Yeah, me too. And we have that in the Psalms. We also have Psalms of Thanksgiving. Thank you, God, for doing this. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for your faithfulness. We have Psalms of praise. You are mighty. You are holy. You are sovereign, right? We have Psalms of enthronement, right? We have kings that God has placed in positions for a certain amount of time. And then there's the king of kings, okay? We have Psalms of pilgrimage, 
there were Psalms in the book of Psalms that were recited as the people of God went up to Jerusalem, right? There's a whole section of those. So on pilgrimage, these are the Psalms that they recited to themselves, that they said as they went on their way. There are royal Psalms, right? There are Psalms of wisdom. This is how you should live, right? With Psalm 1 is an example of that. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the way, right? He doesn't hang out with the bad guys. He has the discernment not to do that. That's a psalm of wisdom. And then we also have messianic psalms, psalms that over and over point to Jesus, point to Jesus, point to Jesus, right? Remember, Jesus wasn't plan B. He was not an afterthought. He was always, always the God, the plan that God had for mankind's redemption, always. So you have all these different types and you can find different lists and there, there's more. You can parse out that list even more specifically. Now, here is something about the book of Psalms that I get super excited about. And that is the literary devices present in the book of Psalms. So I am, uh, I love literature. I love history. I love literature. I love classic literature. I love literary device. It's just remarkable to me how the use of these different devices really brings a, a whole new dimension to the level of excellence of a work, right? So you can get cheap fiction, right? Or you can get classic literature that just is dripping in these literary devices. And so, so to the Bible. It's not like this is just a humdrum book. This is the word of God and it is beautifully, beautifully written. So as you're reading through the Psalms, here are just a few. There's a much longer list than this. These are just some of the specific ones that I picked out. Here are just a few of the literary devices present in just the Psalms, right? And so as you're reading, you can learn more about these literary devices. You can teach your children about these literary devices. This is a great, it's not just the true word of God, the inspired, inerrant word of God. It is a beautiful book of literature beautifully written. And so we have alliteration in the Psalms, specifically in Psalm 119. It goes through the Hebraic alphabet, right? Each letter in that whole longest Psalm of our collection of Psalms, we have alliteration, the persistent initial sound of a letter. It's, it's remarkable. You have simile in Psalm 42, as the deer pants for water. Remember, a simile is making a comparison with either like or as. I mean, that's that's remarkable. You have it throughout the Psalms. We have metaphor. We have over in Psalm 62, too, when the writer says, God is my rock. He's saying, you know, God is steady and he is strong and he is unchanging and unmovable. He is my rock. A metaphor right here in the book of Psalms. There's keyism, which is a, probably a deeper study. You'll want to chase that through some deeper study. But that's when you start here. It's an inverted, it's like a, a less than sign. You, you start and then you go out to a point and then you go back and repeating the things that you did initially. That's not a great definition, but that's what it looks like. Hyperbole, right? When you make an ex extravagant statement. You have that also in Psalm 42 when the writer says, my tears flood my bed. Well, not really, but the point is that that's how many tears. I'm, I'm crying so many tears. I feel like I'm drowning in a flood. 
hyperbole in the Psalms. And of course, imagery and probably the Psalm that more people are familiar with than any other in Psalm 23. Let me just read it to you. And I must confess, I do love Psalm 23 in the King James. But here we go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Do you hear the imagery? It's throughout the book of Psalms. So we have literary devices. We have over eight authors. We have this incredible structure of the 150 Psalms. It's remarkable. And we have Christ throughout. Throughout. In fact, if you pick up the Talk Through the Bible resource, they actually include a list of Jesus in on page 154, a list of all of the mentions or the indicators of Jesus, all the passages and Psalms that point to Jesus. So again, Jesus is present in this remarkable book. So how do you tackle? How do you tackle the Psalms? Well, I'm going to suggest three ways. Again, not exhaustive. You're creative enough to come up with your own way. But here's three different ways that I'm aware of, and I've kind of hinted at them already, but here are three specific ways to tackle the Psalms. So since there's 150, and there's an average of 30 days in a month, you can take the Psalms and read five every day. So Monday, uh, the first of the month, the first day of the month, June 1st, you would read Psalm 1 through 5. June 2nd, Psalm 6 through 10. June 3rd. Psalm 11 through 15. In fact, I actually went through, I heard about this years ago, and I went through, took my Bible, and I actually wrote the day, 1 through 30, on the set of Psalms to read. And I have done that on more than one occasion, read through the Psalms, because if you take that method, you will read through all 150 Psalms in one month. And it's quite powerful to just sit and soak and marinate in the Psalms in one month. It's just a very powerful thing to do. And my understanding is that's one of the ways that Billy Graham studied the Psalms was that he read us five Psalms every day and one proverb every day because there's 31 Proverbs. So that's just one way to tackle the Psalms. Another way, of course, is to use your journaling Bible to read one and, and I mean, can certainly advocate for just reading one and really sitting and soaking on that one for that day. And it would take you 150 days, right? So that's about five months. And it would be a great way to spend five months in God's word, just doing one psalm a day, just asking the Lord to teach you through that one psalm each day. And then, of course, the third is using a resource like In the Lord I Take Refuge by Ortland where you not only read the psalm passage, but you also read the devotional thoughts that go along with that psalm. I love the psalm, and for two reasons. I find the psalms to be so raw, so raw, because in the psalms, we watch the psalmist wrestle with life and the frustrations and the crisis and the overwhelm and the exhaustion and the attacks with life, we see the psalmist wrestle, but we also see the psalmist worship. The psalmist worship. 
God high and lifted up, holy, holy, almighty, sovereign, Lord, faithful, provider, dependable, rock, salvation. We see both of those things. And in my opinion, that's life. Life is this raw component of things just slamming into you or reaping the consequences of your bad decisions, both and, right? And it's an opportunity to not allow this to become my focus, but to continually focus my eyes up in worship. I commend to you the Psalms. I pray that you will indeed spend time studying in God's Word, getting to know Him, wrestling through the issues of life, and learning what it looks like to worship the King of Kings. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you listeners for joining us. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening. And while you are there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This just helps us to get the message out to other moms that need to be encouraged in their roles as mothers today. If you have a question, we invite you to send it to rachelcarmen.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, you can access Rachel's wonderful resources and Real Refreshment, the online community. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged and we need accountability in the word. I hope you will join us and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.